is no more harmful than a ladybug. A ladybug? Uh, they're gonna get eaten alive in middle school. Welcome back, fans and friends, to the Complete Guide to Horror podcast. Today, we're discussing one of the most unusual, mysterious, just absolute batshit insane movies out there, which is the Mothman Prophecies. People you know and love are going to die, no matter what that voice tells you. Released in 2002, directed by Mark Pellington and starring Richard Gere and Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Whoops. Now, Mothman Prophecies was based on the 1975 book of the same name by parapsychologist Ed Fortian. I don't know what the fuck that is. And why don't you know any of our names? The story follows John Klein, aka Richard Gere, a reporter who researches the legend of the Mothman. So why is he researching the Mothman out of nowhere? Well, Grace from Will and Grace, aka Deborah Messing, um, apparently died because she saw two red lights and apparently saw a giant moth fly towards her. I mean, that's just America in a nutshell. I don't see what was too surprising about this whole movie. A dead body, you say? But the movie goes into very strange territory. It talks about injured colds, this urban legend that's been around America since like the 1700s. Hello, John Klein. Who is this? My name is Andrew Cole. It goes into just, I guess, weird time warps, vortexes. Uh, there's a word I'm looking for, paradoxes. And it culminates in one of the stupidest endings I've ever seen. But as someone who enjoys, you know, David Lynch, Twin Peaks, Riverdale. What? Game changer. Archie got hot. He's got abs now. Six more reasons for you to take that ginger bull by the horns tonight. Mothman Prophecies is a bit of a, I guess, a guilty pleasure of mine, so that's why I chose it. I'd never seen this movie before. Um, it's been a while, actually, since I've watched a, a Richard Gere movie. Um, <laughs> I don't come across him a lot these days um I, I enjoyed it it was um it's a definitely a um a longer movie um than i was anticipating um but again i, I kind of liked that it is gripping. i'm not sure if the story holds up overall um i, I, I tried um to kind of like piece it together and make it make logical sense but i think there was still a few plot holes amongst it um but overall i, I found it to be to be pretty enjoyable yeah yeah it's like for me the movie doesn't actually start off strong in any sense because the whole time i'm thinking 
why is Grace from Lil and Grace in this movie? For me, it was a bit of an odd casting choice. What's going on? What's happening? What's with the TV? Oh, I'm watching what I would call the feel-good movie of my life. <laughs> Did you rent Pretty Woman again? <laughs> when you first see The Boss Man, it's like, oh, shit, okay, could be a little bit of a jump scare. But it was just more creepy than anything else. Mm. And then as the movie goes along, I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Do I need to rewind? I couldn't help but think that there was very little point to this nonsense. I'm on the fence about this one. I really didn't have a good time watching it. I thought it was very average. Um, it probably doesn't help that it's an early 2000s movie either, so some elements are dated. I sold 3,008, you sold 2,000 and late. Like Coop, I also struggled to keep up with the story, and it was very... Uh, <laughs> Bit of a I'll be honest, it was a bit of a snooze fest, probably till the ending. We are going to spend a weekend together. I don't think I'd watch it again for a long time. My favourite part in this movie and the thing that I guess creeps me out is this injured cold character. Mm. So it's this person that calls him while he's at the hotel and he's the one that does that weird whispering like, chapstick. Mm. And it's like, what the fuck? Why is this is so unintentionally funny? Mm. But it's also really creepy because if I put myself in Richard Gere's shoes, I'd be like, how the fuck does this person know what exactly I'm reading or what I've got in my hands? You know? What's the third line? Page 51. And that plays into this urban legend of Indrid Cold, this weird smiling man. And I'm not talking about Caitlin Stacy from Smile. You know, it's this huge folklore thing, and I think they tried to modernize it, but by not showing this physical embodiment, I was like, well, that's a missed opportunity. The bridge, I mean, I thought of Final Destination 5, so I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, is this like a premonition thing? Yeah. Is the fat guy going to be stuck at the end of the bus when it goes off the bridge? Or? <laughs> this bus has seen better days. Well, at least it's safer than the old bus. When they're talking to that uh, store owner and he's talking about this reoccurring call that he keeps getting with like the white noise and they're like, we've changed our number. We got a new phone, but these calls keep coming through. Um, I thought that was kind of a creepy, eerie thing that mm. was happening throughout where all these, these creepy phone calls. Well, once it was a man talking really fast. What do you say? I couldn't make it out. Some foreign language. Have you had a line checked? I even had our number changed. But before I got a chance to give it out to anyone, started again sometimes the the creepy injured cold voice uh was kind of goofy um when it was talking to them particularly when he gets that fake call from his editor um and he's doing like that well hey you gotta go down to the gas plant at this time be there yo are you listening and it was just yeah very silly Now, I want you to go down there and meet him at the airport. 
but I did like the fact that it was um, something that was affecting everybody in the town and everybody sort of had these creepy stories of, of what had happened to them. I thought that was probably the the thing that was dri- driving me to, to, to keep watching. I'm like, what's happening? Come on, I just, I, I need to know. Hi, I'm sorry. I know it's really late now, but my, my car broke down just up the road. I wondered if I could use the, the phone. Hello. It's him. I've been waiting for you. Bitch, what are you doing? Get the door! Get the door! There's a sequence where it's the uh, the couple telling, I think it's the cop and Richard Gear about the um, how they're making out in the car, and then that light comes over. I have been sort of hard to explain. thought that was really actually well done that like even though it was maybe 30 seconds it was like the one highlight in the movie that i was like oh wow okay this movie's actually somewhat good at this point um and then i did like the ending um and i would say final destination 5 ripped that ending for the bridge scene but that was actually really really well done and like even the cgi and the graphics in that scene were quite good like i was watching it all and the car's going in the water um but yeah, I thought that was actually really well done. I have a lot of dislikes. So I'm just going to speed race through them. I hate Deborah Messing. She's completely miscast. I don't, I, I don't actually see like a romantic relationship with her and Richard Gere's character. And yes, that's because I watched Will and Grace for like 15,000 years. But at the same time, I'm just like Richard Gere, when, okay, when he was with Michelle Pfeiffer in What Lies Beneath, I believed they were a couple. Here, it kind of felt like he was a bit of a sugar daddy. So I was like, oh, really? Deborah Messing? Okay. <laughs> Some of the random sequences, like when he smashes his head against the mirror, but it's a hallucination. I kind of saw that coming, so it wasn't really a jump scare, if you like. There's a scene where he just like shuts the cupboard door and you can see a face in the mirror. But I did not notice this until I read through the trivia and it states like, ah, no point, blah, 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 blah. I kind of wish there was more of those mm. shots, kind of like haunting of Hill House, but everything else story-wise could have been more interesting, could have been more engaging. I would have liked more upfront storyline. So it was like, you know, a little bit of suspension, then bam, then like mid ranges, peaks, valleys, I don't know the term. And just something that wasn't so fucking boring because I tried to defend this movie, but I'm just like, no, mm. no. They could have cut out at least 20 minutes of this movie and it still wouldn't have been good, but at least it would have gone through quicker. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I also just think this has one of the strangest colour palettes of any horror movie I've ever seen. This is this feels like a Stephen King made for TV movie because it's a mm. lot of bright reds, 
it's a lot of white, black, rarely any blue, unless it's like a night sky or something like that. And then just a lot of muted greens. So I was like, hmm, that's a very odd color palette. Whenever I read stuff about the Mothman in literature or folklore or whatnot, it tends to be browns and reds, but yet that kind of took a backseat this whole movie. Uh, and apart from the writing, the casting, the cinematography, I even hated the credits. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go through a hate fest on this movie. So before I do, uh, Coop, did you have any least favorite parts of Mothman? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you touched on the length because um, that was uh, a big issue with this movie for me was because i mean there's nothing wrong with a long movie but like there needs to be enough to to fill it out um and i felt like there was probably like you said at least 20 minutes like just extra sequences and sort of um artistic decisions made throughout the movie that probably didn't need to be there that didn't really help push the story along um i actually had a lot of issues with the uh the bridge scene myself um, I felt like uh, Richard Gere didn't really pro- approach that with the urgency that he could have um, at all. And I thought that the uh, the way that it, everything was, and I, I understand the idea between cutting through all the different things that were happening was like, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. But it just made it seem like um, this bridge was having a cup of tea on its way down. Like it, ju- it was just taking forever for this bridge to fall into the water and it didn't make any sense to me. Um, so I, I thought that that ending was, was kind of a flop. I thought it was at least <clears throat> kind of smart that they threw, had that throwback to the wake up number 37. That was kind of cool that they had that tie in. But <clears throat> other than that, that ending was, was pretty bad and the length was just too much for for a movie like this god damn it i hate you it's gonna go for two hours to make sure it's engaging enough i think i stopped it when i first stopped the movie it was like 59 minutes and i'm like come on <laughs> there's another hour of this going on um yeah 20 minutes 30 minutes would have been fine it would have it still would have been a crap movie but it would have just been less of a, a drag drag her <laughs> oh my god you're so ridiculous <laughs> As Coop said with the bridge scene, the one thing I kept picking up on was it reminded me of Fast and Furious where, you know, they're doing a drag scene and they're changing 8 million times and the amount of cables that just kept snapping and it was going on for like six minutes of these cables, snap, snap, snap. I'm like, how many cables does this bridge have? It just kept going to shots of this cable um, (laughs) snapping on the bridge. I'm like, just can the bridge fall? Um, the, The biggest issue I had with this movie, which no one's really touched on, was I found the direction and the filming of this really jarring and really all over the place there was a lot of shaky just shots i think they're trying to be artistic it was a bit of a headache um they kept doing this like drone overhead shot with the i think it's a helicopter they were using it was a really bizarre shot they kept using there was one shot where the camera was sort of it looked like it was on someone's shoe and filming up but it was such an odd angle the way it was sort of transitioning into a conversation. It reeks of 90s. I know it's a 2000 movie, but Mm. it just, some of the production was really bad in this. I don't know. Like it's, it's not, I mean, at that point, it's like a late 90s, early 2000s movie. So can't really criticize it too much. Um, I just, yeah, 
there were little glimmers of good bits, which I didn't talk much about, but it was so far and in between that it just was an inconsistent movie. I went on IMDb afterwards and I'm reading, reading reviews from 2002 saying like nine out of 10 best horror movie. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe at the time was it, it was good. I don't know. I just, yeah, I struggled, struggled to maintain concentration on this one. And I just, it has good intentions and it reminded me a lot of um, Donnie Darko in a way. With mm. this sort of whole thing again, it just well, it was too long as Donnie Darko was and I f- didn't find it engaging enough. <laughs> and the thing we, no one talked about, this movie is not really scary at all. I think the only scene, actually, uh, one good part I did, didn't did note was there was a scene where um, Richard Gere's in the bed and then as he turns around, the wife, the girlfriend's there but it's like a ghost shot, but it's done really well. He like flips over to the other side of the bed and she's in the bed. Mm. This is after she passes away, but it kind of caught me off guard. So, yeah, um, yeah it's wasn't really good viewing for me. It's low replay at this point. Yeah, it's like the movie doesn't know if it's supposed to be a horror movie, a psychological thriller, a drama, a true crime reenactment because... That bridge sequence as well. I'm just reading this up on Wikipedia. Mm. So apparently, it was based on. Sorry, let me find it. So bridge collapse. Yeah, saying 46 in reality, 46 people died on the Silver Bridge. But then, like in that in Bothman, they're like, oh, the cause was never found. Blah blah blah. But they actually did find the cause. It was the failure of an eye bar in a suspension chain. Whatever that means, I don't know what that is, but then it's like, well, they lied because of course they did. Like, whenever I see a movie that says based on a true story, mm. the only thing that's true is that there were people and the they lived in a house. Yeah. 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 Like, there were yeah. people that looked at a bridge from yeah. five kilometers away. That's the true part. <laughs> it seems sort of weird that, like, they couldn't just go, like, I'm number 47 and have it true to, like, the actual events. Like, like, even just the minor details just for the movie's sake to be sort of true to the event of the bridge collapsing. Um, I read something on the bridge, though. They said with all those cars in the movie on the bridge, it still wouldn't have caused a collapse, though. So that's kind of like just a movie thing that the the bridge actually collapsed. But they said with that amount of weight on it, it shouldn't have, the bridge wouldn't have collapsed anyway. I do have some trivia on the Mothman prophecies. Uh, there's 21 items on IMDb, so I'm just going to DLDR. see if I can choose the best of the best ones. Uh, Wikipedia states that the budget was $32 million, but allegedly... 31 Blake went Shaw... to the bridge. Pardon? 31 of it went to the bridge. Yeah, maybe 31.9. And then <laughs> they're like, let's go film in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the production company Lakeshore Entertainment cut $2 million out of the budget just days before shooting began. The director, Mark Pellington, was furious, having vowed not to make the same concessions that played his previous movie, Arlington Road, which was released in 1999. And this movie is allegedly based on actual events that occurred between 1966 Pick up sticks. and December 1967 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, I've seen a lot of uh, tr- so-called true-life mystery shows, unsolved mm. mysteries, that type of like genre, where 
if the Mothman actually still continues to plague this specific area in West Virginia, but there have been sightings of the Mothman in like Texas or California, New York. Seems to be quite a American thing as opposed to like a, what's that other one? Bigfoot? That's only one specific part in America or some shit. West Virginia or something. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I just think maybe, I don't know. Americans are fucking crazy as it is. No offense to our listeners, but <laughs> like, I think about all this stuff like, oh, Bigfoot and the Mothman and all this stuff. And it's like, well, we don't really have anything like that in Australia unless you count Harold Holt as a. Or Yowie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, we do have one. And I can't believe I didn't talk about this yet. So, Jake Avery, who I used to go, well, actually, no, he went to Maxwell High and we're all Nambucca High kids and whatnot. But so he told me when I recorded this episode of I Want to Believe ages ago that uh, down near the, not the bush track, there's a specific walking path from my parents' house to main beach and that apparently there's some kind of yowie creature or something and him and his friends would see it not all the time but mm. once every couple of months there was always talk of a i think they called him a yogi i oh. don't know what but there's apparently this old man that lives out there in the bush like hermit but he's done so for a ridiculous amount of time, like unnaturally long. And um, it was always, whenever we would have people come with us, we'd tell them about it because we had heard it to scare them. Mm. And then eventually you start hearing things and you start hearing movement, which could very easily be animals, but then you start hearing like what you think is talking. Sounds like talking, but very far away. Maybe someone talking to themselves, things like that. And yeah. then it would end up getting to the point some nights where it would just rally up that much that you would just, you know, when you're that scared and you just sprint. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter how puffed you get and you can't hear anything when you're like this, you're just sprinting and all you can focus on is where your feet are going. And um, it was a couple of times where we'd end up doing that just all the way to the beach and then refusing to go back through. Like yeah. Going the long way around, back up and around, <laughs> all the way. Um, and there's so much of that around the Nambucca Valley. And I think the small town um, sort of dynamic of it really feeds it a lot more. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. My parents lived in that house for like 10 years. Mm. They never saw anything like that. I never did. The Mothman's probably on like a world tour. So <laughs> it's a world tour. It'll just be Europe and America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nambucca heads. It's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Rediscover the Nambucca Valley. The clock radio in Richard Gere's motel room reads six dot dot fourteen. This is a biblical reference to John chapter six verse fourteen, which reads, "This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world." Whatever the fuck biblical. Contrary to popular belief, the Mothman wasn't originally described as a moth-like creature by the witnesses in actual life. At the time, the Mothman was described as half bird and half man. They also claimed that the creature had feathers and would make screeching noises. 
so that's been part of like the unsolved mysteries episode and i remember watching it and thinking oh did they not have enough budget to turn into an actual moth or something and then realizing oh it's supposed to be some hybrid bird man mm. or batman <laughs> so thirsty had to steal this bottle of water god kind of feel bad about it richard gear and laura linney appeared in primal fear thanks for that <laughs> so interesting <laughs> no network would ever hire you your face is what they in the business call a channel changer bullet bridge club sequence it took camera assistant for fantasy to gene warren three and five other model makers plus two production assistants three months to fabricate every piece of the bridge set from scratch and they estimated twenty thousand individual pieces of steel went into the construction in order for the ultra photorealistic one sixth scale model suspension bridge to support all of the model vehicles and ultimately collapse like a full scale steel bridge wood into the water. Out of the hundreds of sets Gene has accomplished, this remains his favorite. I feel very conflicted about this movie. <laughs> In saying that, I'm going to give it four Mothmans out of ten Mothmans. <laughs> I can't actually think of a better rating. Uh, Coop, what is your rating? Um, I'm going to give it uh, five and a half uh, slow bridge collapses out of ten. <laughs> I'll just like insert the graphic from Final Destination 5. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, BP, what is your rating? Um, I'll give it five bridge cables out of ten. <laughs> For my final thoughts, I'm just going to say that this movie does have a lot of promise. I could see a sequel being made or hell, even a reboot or remake and whatnot. I just think they should focus on the injured cold character, show more of the true life Mothman you know, occurrences. I'm sure in the 21 plus years since the release of this movie, there's been more sightings of the Mothman. Maybe, I don't know, Mothman Haunted, Teen Girl Snapchat or some shit. So, you know, there could be more interesting stories that they could make a really great documentary or straight up horror movie like Slenderman or something like that out of. But as for this movie itself, um, yeah, not my thing. <laughs> You didn't see it, did you? Overall, it's just a bit too long. Um, they could have done more with the with the story um, to make it a bit more grouping. Um, and, yeah, the final bridge scene, again, Richard Gere, you could have done more. Yeah, any glimmer of hope in this movie sort of buried under a um, ridiculous runtime uh, production that's quite dated. Um and just a lack of engagement and actual any genuine sort of horror elements, if that's what they want to call it. Um, yeah, it's very average viewing. And I would advise anyone not to watch it to save 120 minutes of your life. Good. That's good. Cooper BP, just want to say thank you both very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. Listeners, keep an eye out for our new episodes. We have them every single week. Our back catalogue also includes Saw, Chucky, Final Destination, but you already knew that. And if you hated this episode... Shut up! 
Hey, squirrel friend, when one video ends, just open up another one. It's called binge viewing. Go ahead. I support you.